three intrepid explorers are going around the world in 80 podcasts. They're going to follow in the famous footsteps of Jules Verne's miserable hero, Phileas Fogg, all from the safety of their podcast studio. It's time to discover new places whilst listening to a drawn-out and mostly damning book review. Hello and welcome to another instalment of Around the World in 80 Podcasts. I'm this episode's host, Ben Smith, and this week we're in Liverpool as we trace the route of Phyllis Fogg in his effort to avoid massive gambling losses by going around the world. Uh, And he's finally back in the country. This episode sees our man return in quite some style. But which Liverpool-loving lads am I joined by, Um, as we're here in Liverpool? uh, But Loz Liverpool Osler and uh, Nick Jordan Henderson Harris Fry. Makes sense. Say hello, chaps. Hello. Hi. Um, Wouldn't it be a lovely thing, I was just thinking, to get all those nicknames that uh, we've had along the way, um, just all all in one go. Take a long time. Like Ben Barrowman. Snowy Peaks. Snowy Peaks. Snowy Peaks Oscar. Yeah. That's a big one. But all in one, like, yeah, 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 that'd be a lot of fun. And just see which ones, which ones fit, you know? They all fit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Have you ever been to Liverpool? Yes. Yep. What happened, man? Oh, has your mother ever been to Liverpool? <laughs> 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 oh, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, I went to visit my father. We walked around the shops. We saw the Liverbird statue. Yes. Um, and I saw a Beatles mural made out of jelly peas. Really? That's nice. Can you eat it? No, it was glued in place. Uh, yeah, and, and rightly so. They were using it to shill other jelly beans, which were not shaped like the Beatles. They love the Beatles there, though. Like, more than you, you know, think, like, probably 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they would give them 9 out of 10. Or at least. Yes. Some 8s. Yeah. Something, sure. They live on the outskirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friendly peoples, I'd say. I, I, I went. Um, I've been on a couple of stag do's there, and um, everyone I met, really, really, really good um, uh, socially. Yeah. So um, a nice group. Well done. Keep it up. I'd say. Yeah. What would you give? Uh, yeah. Ten. Ten. Oh, that's even more made up the Beatles. Yeah. That's right. That's how much. That's right. I'm very generous with my. Yeah. What do you think of the Beatles? Ten. <laughs> um, so you get the idea. Um, <laughs> ban the sun, that's the thing. So Ban the sun? Oh, ban the sun. Yeah. So you pointed up at the sky as if the sun. Yeah. No, not to be confused with, yes. Ah, that's yeah. a different protest which uh, fell on its ass. Hey, Grunchy, why haven't London gone for the sun yet? Wasn't there a load of stuff they just lied about recently? I feel like everyone should. Yeah. Um, but Hashtag ban the sun. Yeah. yeah, so we're, we're with you, Liverpool. Um, but uh, yeah, do you like liver? It's liver. Uh, Something that appeals to you? Liver pate. I think uh, my girlfriend bought me some liver pate the other day. And you I think? I didn't eat it. I waited until it went off and threw it in the bin. That's a She doesn't listen. Yeah. Fine. Uh, liver sausages are normally okay, but weird texture. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, um, but the liver, I must stress the liver in the human body, quite key. And I like it. In the 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 as an organ. Oh, I'd give it 10 out of 10, yeah. Yes. I'd give all the vital organs 10. Serious? Don't, well, you don't want to upset them, do you? Yeah. Kidneys? Both kidneys? Don't want to upset stomach. <laughs> well, if I, knew, if I knew the workload, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd rate them accordingly. I don't, so to be safe, 10 out of 10. 10, 10. Mm. Um, what about... The, <coughs> oh, bless you. What about the uh, the one that... What's the one they cut out? Appendix isn't the right organ. An appendix. No, no, but it is They don't organ. always cut it out. Uh, they're not. Yeah. What would you give that out of 10, though, Nick? Well, it's not about organ, like I said, so my rating's up for grabs. Okay. If it impresses me, six. Mm. So it's see, it's see what it's got. Prove yourself, Appendix, yeah. and Nick will give you a rating. Tell a joke. Until that time. Joke or a heroic feat. 
or just just general really good knowledge in a certain area. They say that the appendix is uh, was sort of came in use when we were eating grass, and it was used to break down the eating of grass. We, but I don't know. If when that's was true. this? No, humans in the olden days. Oh yeah, mammals. Not us. Right. It's a, vest- it's a vest- vestigial organ. What is it? The coccyx is one as well, is it? A vestigial element of your body, which is just left from a plant. What's no the coccyx? Is that the tailbone? Coccyx, yeah, coccyx. the tailbone. Coccyx. Yeah. Um, oh, really? That's interesting. I once, at a party, was a bit drunk, and I sat down hard on an arm of a chair, sure. banged my coccyx, ah. and it hurt for about six weeks. That was really painful. I wouldn't recommend you it. You want to talk about coccyx? Good Ben actually does a cracking seat drop dance, which I'm sure is bad for the coccyx. I do. Um, I've had uh, really bad lower back ever since. Mm. You um, have your coccyx removed, didn't you? Yeah, you used to actually have quite a large tail. Huge. <laughs> Huge. It was the biggest on campus. Uh, <laughs> a big bushy tail. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It was surprisingly bushy. I would turn round and completely floor people. <laughs> Whipping them over. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, how about some book club, guys? Well, before we do, we should just oh, say, yeah, at the end of right. the episode, give a little treat for you listeners. Oh, yes. What's that treat? Oh, an email. Excellent. Um, we get them all the time, we only read them at certain times. Yeah, we just thought this one was so good, we'd read it out. Yeah. Mm. You're going to want to stay tuned for this, guys. Looking forward to that. But now, I think it's time for book club. Book club. Well, well, book club. We rejoin Phyllis Fogg uh, after he's been entirely and completely stitched up. He's in jail, banged up, uh, in the clink, behind bars. A prisoner, a jailbird, a con, uh, a badman. Got had a... Uh, in the sink. Well, well, no, no, no. Rhymes of clink. He's... Yeah, yeah, doing his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been locked up in Liverpool after Fix, who has very clearly um, been bad news since about 15 pages in, (laughs) has stitched him up finally and arrested him. And in this chapter we learn that at the time of the arrest, Passepartout's instinct was to throw himself at the detective. I just love that image, that he couldn't actually do anything but just... (laughs) Just <laughs> launch himself yeah. like limbs wouldn't work. It sounds more like a romantic gesture than a threatening gesture. Yeah. And would you say it's fair to say that from page 15, like you said, that we probably thought Passepartout was messing things up with Fix a bit? I think we might have had that inclination, yeah. I think I if you go back. I feel like Gene finally comes to a bit of realisation in this chapter from what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gene underestimated how obvious a plot point that was. This was going to be a big moment in the book. It's not Gene. It's not. Um, Anyway, he has to be restrained by some policemen. Um, Aouda is uh, suitably rubbish and confused and just starts crying. But, no, you know, nice, for her, nice for her to get a mention. So. That is yeah. true, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's still there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah she's still there. She's so crying. It's nice. Uh, and at this point, even Fix doesn't seem to think Fogg is guilty of being a thief. Uh, as Jules tells us, as for Fix, he had arrested the gentleman because his sense of duty told him to do so, irrespective of whether he was innocent or guilty. The courts would decide that. My thoughts are, just follow him to London, it's a few more hours, and then you don't potentially ruin his life. Yeah. You know what he's going to do. Yeah. You know, And he's been so nice to him. He's bought his passage around the world, and it's just, it's awful. Horrible man. Yeah, the worst. <laughs> Horrible man. Horrible man. <laughs> uh, then, hilariously, something occurred to Passepartout. The terrible thought that he was the cause of this whole disaster. No shit. Why on earth had he concealed this situation from Mr. Fogg when Fix had revealed that he was the police inspector and that his task was to arrest Mr. Fogg? Why had he taken it upon himself not to alert his master? If he had warned him, his master would certainly have given Fix proof of his innocence and would have shown him his error. In any case, he wouldn't have dragged the wretched detective behind him all around the world at his own expense. 
when the man's main concern was to arrest him the moment he set foot on British soil. I think he's been a bit hard on himself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, but nothing's changed. <laughs> no, nothing's changed for him to suddenly think this now. Think this... 20 pages earlier, Fastball. No, 30. No, but like, 80. One. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, Fix has gone, I'm going to arrest him when he gets to London. It's like he's gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you arrest him at Liverpool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets to Liverpool, arrest him. Oh, come on! <laughs> you serious? Some warning. <laughs> been saying it for like months now. <laughs> like, genuinely months. That's all I've said. When he thought about his foolishness and carelessness, the poor fellow was overcome with remorse. He cried. It was a pathetic sight. Oh. <laughs> and then he says, this is more like Passport 2, he wanted to knock himself senseless. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that violence that throw, underlies everything about him. To throw himself at himself! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, Fogg sat there in jail, uh, sitting motionless on a wooden bench. Expressionless, apparently. Uh, he's either cool or cold. <laughs> yes. So which one is he? Well, if you're a unit, he's hot stuff. Oh, Yes. Um, at this point, Jules returns to his default technique of just asking the reader why what they think's going on. Uh, so <laughs> he asks, "Was there burning away inside him some secret rage, frightening because it was bottled up until the last moment when it would burst out on with unstoppable force? No one could tell." But Phyllis Fogg was sitting there, calm, waiting. But for what? <laughs> Did he still retain some hope? Is anyone still reading? Hello. Yeah. Did he believe he could still succeed after the prison door closed behind him? Oh, he goes on. Did it occur to him at this point <laughs> to try and escape? Did he think of looking for a possible way out? Because it's unbelievable uh, because of where he was being held. Did he plan to run away? It might be tempting to think so because at one point he got up and walked around the room, which I don't think. If you get if someone gets up and walks around the room, do you think he's planning to escape? No, <laughs> lock in now. Yeah, yeah, instantly <laughs> wrestling to the floor. Who's tempted to think that the reader who's just been told that? <laughs> yeah, it's like Claude is an observer with the reader, and he has as little idea about what's going to happen yeah. with the reader. Oh, he's clueless. <laughs> yeah. He's absolutely clueless. And I can see, you know, he's trying to put himself in that picture, but he's doing it in such a way as I genuinely think I would know better how this story finishes. <laughs> I think he's got each chapter bit by bit, and he's got no idea what's going to happen next. <laughs> he wants more. These are just his notes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> these are publishers notes yeah. the thing you need to think about next chapter Jules <laughs> is um, is he going to try and escape and Jules just goes can I just put that in uh, that sounds good every week he gets a deadline has actually filled out those questions where he just sends them <laughs> in and they publish them <laughs> and anyway then he gets his diary out and writes the 80th day 11.40am and that's it and that's where we leave it I am doomed yes <laughs> so it's looking Pretty bleak yeah. for old Phyllis. Well, luckily our next episode is called, not at all confusingly, Prison Escapes. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Forward to that. Yeah, well, uh, Liverpool. Fancy a bit of local hey, life? I'd love a bit of local life. Around, around the world. In 80 bots. Local life. Local well, Liverpool life. Yes, yes. Local life. Local lives? Local Liverpool. Local lives or Liverpool? Guys, the news can be harrowing at times, uh, but sometimes it really isn't. Um, And perhaps language that's not appropriate is thrown in to ham up a story. I'm not saying that's what's happened uh, in this story, but (laughs) I am, I am saying that. You be the judge. Get ready for uh, a headline to shock you. Sex-crazed swarms of ladybirds invade Merseyside (laughs) Sunspot. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Lady birds. Yes. <laughs> uh, it says, two words? 
Um, no, no, uh, no, it is the insects. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it says groups of up to 30 can, 30 yeah, so can, can convene in a mating orgy. And the article has a photo. There's eight ladybirds in it. <laughs> and they're quite spaced out. Oh, <laughs> up to 30, then. It was a swarm, then it was a group up to 30, now it's just eight. It's eight ladybirds. Brilliant. If it was 30, you'd be, I think you'd go... It's quite a ladybird. I'll leave it. I'm not sure that's unusual. <laughs> Are they sex-crazed? <laughs> what uh, organisation's written this? Uh, the Little Echo. Right. Yeah. So there's a, guy, there's a journalist in the Echo. He's just in his garden. It's like, oh. <laughs> the joy yeah. of the world. Some ladybirds <laughs> over there. Oh. I can see at least eight. <laughs> yeah. Sharon, is eight ladybirds unusual? Because <laughs> eight out here. I'm going to put down sex-crazed. <laughs> <laughs> Can I write swarm? I've written swarm. <laughs> What's your favourite ladybird called? Is it a swarm? Fine. <laughs> what I really love about the article is it, it sort of turns, it sort of runs out of ideas about how to anthropomorphise the ladybirds and make it sound scandalous. Uh, and it just goes into animal facts, often mid sentence. For example, <laughs> they can stay in the throes of passion for more than two hours at a time. And the female ladybird can store a male sperm for two to three months before laying eggs, uh, depending on the availability of food. <laughs> <laughs> It's really nice. Throws of passion. He's got, he's like written some stuff himself, made up some stuff. Throws of passion, but then he's also got a Google Wikipedia. You got to go for ladybirds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladybirds.com. And then we get some shock value stuff again. Uh, when times are hard, they can turn mean and eat each other, <laughs> and they're babies in a desperate bid for survival. And even stretching further. And they have been known to bite humans, which in very rare cases can become infected uh, or lead to an allergic reaction. Just like any, any, any wound can be infected. Yes, <laughs> absolutely anything. It's just not that dramatic. And oh. death. <laughs> now, if that ladybird bit you and you immediately rubbed in some sour meat and then ignored it for six months, ooh, could of pain. <laughs> yeah, and then, and this doesn't really quite fit with the tone, so I think they could maybe only get one source uh, in time available and it didn't quite fit. So Laura Carter, one of the keepers at the Liverpool World Museum, told the Echo that it was very nice to see so many on our shores. <laughs> it's very encouraging to see this many ladybirds when uh, we don't always get a big swarm and they're not damaging or pests and they help farmers out by eating the aphids that eat their crops. <laughs> she's, I bet she's not even in the insect section. She looks like the bears. She's like, why are you giving me? It seems nice. She's from a museum. She's like, you like French Revolution. Ladybirds. <laughs> <laughs> I like ladybirds. Anyway, see you later. <laughs> I love that. She's like, killer ladybirds carry swords. They can also be found in Asia, Africa. <laughs> so ridiculous. We've really got to pad this article yeah. out. It is 3.50. I think uh, anyone in journalism knows. It's 3.50 to stop Google punishing you for too short an article. So <laughs> is that right? I've done some quality padding this week on some articles. <laughs> I did a vague, like, a vague thing about where you can find tennis courts, and I recited a lot of the plot of the film Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice to read, though. Yeah, good film. It's actually where you do most of the good writing, because you're just cracking jokes and wasting time. Um, yeah, so that's the ladybirds. Um, so whether you think they're the orgy-obsessed cannibals, um, or uh, nice to see them on our shores, no, they're now available in Liverpool. It's a problem we've got to deal with. Yes. Uh, we've got to tackle them. Yeah. Not leaving the shed in case there's 15 ladybirds out there. They may well be. <laughs> eight. Eight is the max. Eight years, isn't it? <laughs> Um, but, chaps, uh, could we delve further into Liverpool by quizzing ourselves? I think we might be able to. Let's quiz us. Around the world. Welcome to College Contest. Um, it's the same rules as uh, University Challenge, but only five questions. Um, it's our weekly quiz. This week, Nick plays Loz. Um, Nick, how does your buzzer sound? Gobble, gobble, gobble. Nice. And Loz? 
Uh, yes, back to the snake. Uh, yes. Snake. Our quiz this week is uh, along the lines of Liverpool, so those who know more about Liverpool will be advantaged. That's unfair. Mm. That yes, unfair. but... Some warning would be nice. Sorry about that. You're both in for question one. Along with Stavanger in Norway, Liverpool was given the pres- which prestigious European title? European City of Culture. It is the European... Hey. City of Culture 2008, well done. Um, That's a friendly time about quite a lot. Mm. Sure. So, Nick, your bonuses. Uh, some people's favourite Liverpudlian is Scylla Black, most famous for a spot of singing and Blind Date. These bonuses are on Blind Date. First one. What was the name of the voice in the show who gave an amusing rundown of the contestants before the final decision? Ah, uh, Graham? It's R. Graham, yes. Well done, Nick. You get a mark for that. What is? What was the theme tune? You need to sing it. Oh. Uh, Oh, you can't see them, but they won't see you either. <laughs> You'll have a little date, and then there'll be some lady with something. He's nailed it. So, <laughs> I think that's it. That is it, yeah. I, I can't you remember, remember it. it. It was a... Uh, yeah. Was that the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and last one. Blind Date is coming back on Channel 5, but who's presenting it? Oh, it's a good question. Is it Holly Willoughby? It isn't. God, I love her. I really do. And if Holly's listening... Um... <laughs> Ben's uh, removed his shorts. <laughs> to reveal another... I haven't, Holly. I haven't. <laughs> uh, it's Paula Grady. Makes sense. So, a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ab- ab- oh, yeah. To be sure. To be sure. <clears throat> um, so, Nick, you are on, um, I want to say, 15 points. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but Lodz, guess what? You're back in. Thanks, man. For starter number two. One of the local council wards in Liverpool shares its name with a police investigation into sexual abuse allegations, predominantly the abuse of children, against which against the British media personality Jimmy Savile and others. What's its name? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, it's like Elverdon or something like that. Can't remember. I'm out. No, I do know. I think it might be U Tree. It's U Tree. Oh. Well, that was. Wow, that was tense. I got confused by Levison. Sure. Different inquiries, different needs. Um, so, Loz, Harry Enfield did a famous sketch based around three Leverpudlians called The Scousers. These bonuses are on Harry Enfield. Okay. First one. On which sitcom starring Martin Clunes and Carolyn Quentin did Harry Enfield play Dermot for season one only? That's big fans. Uh, I'm going to go with Men Behaving Badly. It is Men Behaving Badly. Excellent laws. Uh, which actress did Enfield frequently collaborate on Harry Enfield and Chums on sketches such as The Slobs, Stan and Pammy, and Kevin the Teenager? Uh, I can picture her, but yeah. I don't think I am really remember Is it Pauline? I can't remember her surname. Kathy Burke. Ah, Kathy Burke. Yeah. Kathy Bates. Who is different. Different. Yeah. In 1995, Enfield ended a relationship, or cheated, or they both did, I don't know, with Alison Owen, uh, who had a pop star daughter, whose first mainstream single, Smile, reached number one on the UK singles chart in July 2006. Who was that daughter? I'm going to go with uh, Rachel Stevens. No. Oh. So she's related to him and... I don't know if she's related, they had a relationship. Oh, I don't, yeah. That's not his daughter. Okay. Uh, but Lost 20 plays 15 as we go back. 15 plays 15. Yep, correct. Good, testing you. So, uh, question three, both back in. What is the name of Liverpool's main airport? 
John Lennon. Yeah. John Lennon Airport. Good man, well done. Big fuck you, Paul McCartney. We've got a favourite Beatle. Guess what it is. <laughs> Uh, so, Loz, Liverpool has some famous football teams. One of them is Liverpool, who won the Champions League trophy in 2005. But can you name the Liverpool goal scorers? It's a point for each. Oh, that's, good. Uh, that's a good one. Stevie Gerrard. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Vladimir Schmitzer. Yes. And I think Alonso missed the penalty. Did he? I think Alonso scored the rebound. Alonso. It is Lonzo. Yes, yeah, Lonzo, well done. So that was a clean sweep big there for Lonzo. That's unheard of. Yeah. When was the last time Lonzo got a clean sweep? Yeah. Like wow. We ask questions about stuff he knows about. It's quite good. Yeah, well, yeah. Played, <laughs> played, Takes you to 40, plays 15. Yeah. Yeah. But Nick, guess what? You're back in for question four. Which horse racing venue hosts the Grand National Liverpool? Aintree. It is Aintree, Nick. Takes you to 30. Top quizzing anyway. So, you um, should let me know about Aintree. He I'll knows some yeah. trees. <laughs> in the aforementioned Liverpool Stadium, there is a cop end. These bonuses are on fictional cops. <laughs> who, who is Paddy and Selma from The Simpsons' favourite TV cop? MacGyver. It's MacGyver, yes. Which 70s TV cops had an eponym- eponymous TV show that included the informant Huggy Bear and was later parodied by Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson? Starsky Hunch. It's Starsky Hunch, yes. Uh, what was the name of the TV series Anthology released in 2014, which saw awards for Matthew McConaughey and nominations for Woody Harrelson? True Detective. It is. That's just 45 hey. plays. Is that right? No, 40 all. 40 Sorry, all. 40 all, yes, absolutely. What a quiz. Great quiz. Wow, 40 you just, all. just forget this and just go for the post. Yep. That was a hard one. This one's a big one. In 1830, Liverpool and which other city became the first ever to have an inter-city rail link? Got to go for it, haven't I? Yeah. Manchester. It is Makes Manchester, Lars. And with that, the quiz, unless you... Bizarrely jump in on all three of your <laughs> I'm going to take your phone away to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see, well, I thought that was going to be canals. I was nervous about that. I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure. Mm. So got a canal between you couldn't have guessed any other series. Nick, you, you have stitched me up a bit there. You put the pressure on for the last few quizzes of the series. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, Loz, uh, these bonuses just to, have, just to have a bit of fun with, really. Um, you can't <laughs> spell <laughs> or say Liverpool without liver, uh, which is a classic organ, and these bonuses are on classic organs. Okay. Which organ is responsible for secreting insulin into the bloodstream? That's the pancreas. It is the pancreas. Always will be. Uh, no, it might not always be. Uh, we'll see. Evolution, I suppose. Yeah, it might not always. I take that back. Sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. You lose three points. Yes. Yeah, and just be careful, okay? Because that's going to be three down now. Uh, <laughs> which... Like to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> not too much. Yes. 37 ahead now. Yeah. <laughs> which human organ is responsible for the production of eggs? Eggs. Eggs. <laughs> He's gonna say chickens. He's gonna say chickens. You might be thinking of chickens. (laughs) Which human organ? A little faux pas from back there. About himself. Where do you get your scrambled eggs from then? Eggs! No, that's the ovaries. It's got to be the ovaries. It's the ovaries, yes. And the last one uh, what is the largest organ of the human body? Easy. It's a classic I trick. Think we might have had this question before. No. Oh, I love this one, Ben. I love this one because you're going to say, oh, is it like the brain? But it's the skin. It's, it's the, the skin. skin. It's the skin. That's a fun question. <laughs> it is a fun question for a fun pod. Yeah. <laughs> well done to Loz, who takes the first quiz in a, in a, in a, in a strong minute. <laughs>
Uh, you know, well, well done. Because yeah, you, you're gaining on him now, man. Yeah, 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 in this next one, it might be level. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to win the next one because it's about films. But it's very famous films. Yeah, but do you remember, what, like, what's my worst subject? Of all the subjects, what's my worst one? Dogs. Dogs and... Fish? Films. Dogs and fish. fish. I'm famously strong on fish. <laughs> oh, yes. Dogs and films. Films about fish. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Piranha. Yeah. Uh, fish called Wonder. Jaws. Jaws 2. See, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, out of my He doesn't know what I'm... Jaws 3. These about. are films. These are films about fish. You're talking about other, other species, as far as I'm concerned. Well, there's... Um, Flipper. That's a mammal. Absolutely. <laughs> now, um, a bit of good news. We've had uh, an email oh, in course. from a uh, r- uh, regular listener uh, to the pod. Um, no, his name is given uh, as... We'll get straight to the name. So this email is from... Anon. Um, at Phileas Fan, that's P-H-A-N, 69. Yeah. <laughs> funny, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> On Twitter. Silly. Um, he's written us a little email. Okay. Um... Weird is uh, the email address it's sent from isn't Phileas Fan sixty nine, so it does have a different name. But uh, aliases. Dear Ben Barrowman Smith, Nick Quiz King Harris Fry, and Lawrence Golden Piano Ossler, a question. Knows us. Those probably are our strongest nick. We were talking about nicknames earlier. Yeah, the ones yeah. that stuck. I think Snow Peaks is still your best one. Um, <laughs> while your listeners say that every last podcast will Phileas and the gang arrive back in London, surely I can't be the only one wondering what you're all going to be doing next. I think you might be doing what next. What are your podcasts? Like, I'm, I'm certainly not wondering. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've got extra, plenty of exciting ideas, but if you need any inspiration, I came across this excellent book display by local Waterstones, no doubt influenced by your thought-provoking review of a literary classic. And the stand, the displayers around the world in eighty books. Uh, Absolutely love it. I mean, you could do that quicker than we've done this podcast. You could do that <laughs> a lot quicker. Um, perhaps your next series, you could review each of the books and give us a fresh set of eighty pods. A lot of read. Loz hasn't read this one book. No, they, yeah. they, this is this has been a big sticking point throughout the pod. It's been a mountain to climb. Now. <laughs> I'm nearly at the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're helping you by just giving you <laughs> yeah, yeah. two thirds of it. You haven't read. We've told you. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I have got the lift two thirds of the way. I've walked the rest. You've done a cool. podcast on a book you haven't read for eight episodes <laughs> for two years. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, some of the titles of these books we can get include "The Walker's Guide to Outdoor Clues and Signs." That does sound good. It does sound good. <laughs> this one's my favourite. Outdoor clues and signs. Outdoor what? Outdoor clues. clues Do you ever see an outdoor clue? Outdoor. Yeah. <laughs> That's that a maple tree. <laughs> Could be a clue. <laughs> uh, my personal favourite, uh, The Mysterious Driving Over Lemons. Oh, yes. <laughs> Could be anything. Literally, could be anything. Uh, I think it might be a subtitle, but I can't read it. Oh, no. Uh, something in Andalusia. That's in Spain, I believe. Sorry, that's the lemon one. Yeah, something in Andalusia. Oh, this yes. is subtitled. Probably lemons in Andalusia. Uh, the sexy Al Dente, Madness, Beauty, and the Food of Rome, written by David Winner. Oh, winners. Yeah. Some uh, of my that's favorite. leading so far for me. And the uplifting, The Worst Journey in the World. <laughs> now that's more our speed. Which I'm pretty sure we've done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've kind of done that, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, at first I assumed this final one was a detailed account of Mudge's ice boating from your recent special. <laughs> I later found out it's about the only slightly more depressing doomed Antarctic expedition led by Robert Scott. Oh, I presumed oh. it was a, someone who'd just done a book of our podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> worst Journey in the Road. Yeah, <laughs> him listening uh, to... My personal preference, and I've been saying this for a long time now, is we do this book again, but as if Mudge had been there the entire time. Mm. And they ice boated their way through India, and I think they'd be around the world in 40 days. Absolutely. Okay. And have spent nothing. Um, so long as his sales are playing in eighths and uh, fifths, mm. th- those yeah. octaves, then I'm happy. Absolutely. Uh, and if the wind is favourable. Indeed, and Pastor 2 doesn't flap off the sled or whatever he does. 
Um, and there's no lulls. Yeah. There mustn't be lulls. By the lull. But I don't know what we do next. I mean, it's taken us quite a while to finish this. We yeah. live at the wrong places of London. We're, I mean, we're in a, literally in a shed in Cheam now, and it's, it's not the highlight that you might imagine podcast life is. <laughs> Having said that, you know, we're, we're comfy. You've got sweet chairs. Yeah, I've got the chair. I've got one sweet chair. So I could pod here, what, uh, bi-monthly? Bi Easy. So Is that every go. two months or is that twice a I month? Don't, never There's know. no way of knowing. No. There is no way. So next week, uh, we are escaping from... Prison. It's a it prison, escape prison escape special. Sure. And wow. it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty <laughs> I haven't good. Yet, but... I don't want to say so myself, but okay. the book gets pretty good. Oh, yes. Actually, there is a, a, a rip-roarer of an anecdote uh, straight away. Not an anecdote, but... A... I mean, the next bit of the book is, it's about, we've only got Majesty, but we only needed about what, 10 lines for an entire episode because they're all such gold. They are brilliant. So until then, uh, I wish you all the best. And it's bye from three. Bye. Bye. It's funny how Aperol Spritz is a summer drink, but it tastes a bit like Christmas. <laughs> it's amusing. <laughs> Put that comment on the end, I think. <laughs> Look forward to hearing that. <laughs>